Thank you so very much for joining our broadcast today. Thank you, audience, for being in the studio with us. Appreciate it so very much. We've been talking about if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep you good. It's a book I wrote uh, back in 1982 that has gone around the world. The testimonies we've received from people that this became a revelation to has been absolutely amazing. Some of the stories of how they stood on the Word of God and dared to believe that God would restore to them what Satan had stolen. You know, uh, one of my favorite stories, testimonies about this, uh, we were doing a meeting <clears throat> years ago, shortly after I'd written this book, in Pasadena, California. And I had re uh, rented the Pasadena Convention Center. We were there for three days, and, and I'm preaching on this very subject, if Satan can't steal your joy. Uh, there was a young man who came to every service, and after the meeting was over with, he wrote me this letter telling me his testimony. So this happened uh, after the meeting was over, and I'd already come back home, and then he writes the letter and tells me about it. And he said, Dear Brother Jerry, I was in your Pasadena meeting over the last three days, and he said, Listen to you talk about if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. He said, It ministered to me so very much, and I'm so grateful uh, for being able to be in those services and receiving that great revelation. He said, now, I got to tell you my story. He said, I have wanted for a long, long time a little MG sports car. And he said, I finally found one. It needed a total restoration. I had begun the restoration and believing God for the money to finish the restoration. But he said, I got it up to where I could drive it and I actually drove it to your meetings every day. He said, the last night when you closed, I went to the parking lot to get in my little MG only to discover that it was missing. And he said, I reported it to the police and they said, son, it's not likely we'll ever find it. Do you know how many uh, automobiles are stolen every day in the Los Angeles area? It's not likely we'll ever find this car, but we will make a report on it. He said, I didn't have insurance on it. Uh, you know, there's all the money I've put into it. Looks like it's just gone down the drain. He said, and I was about to lose my joy over this, as you can imagine. He said, but I remembered the messages you preached. And he said, and I said, as I walked out of the police station, Lord, I'm not going to let this steal my joy. And he said, and I just kept praising God that somehow, some way, God was going to restore to me what the devil had stolen. And he said, I promise you, Brother Jerry, I got up every day with a joyful attitude and determined that Satan is not going to keep my goods. And so he said, now, you know, a few days went by, actually several weeks went by, and he said, uh, I got a phone call one day, and on the other end was a man who said, is this so-and-so, and asked me if this was my name. I said, yes. He said, well, I'm the man who stole your MG. And he said, and I just couldn't stand it anymore, and I had to call you and tell you. He said, I found your number in the glove compartment, along with a set of tapes by Jerry Savelle on if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. Isn't that something? Now listen to this. He said, and so I started listening to the tapes. He said, I, 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 
uh, erased or got rid of the VIN number on your car. I was about to repaint it and sell it and nobody would know the difference. He said, but I got to listening to those tapes and I got under conviction. I'm a backslidden Christian and I returned to the Lord as a result of it. And now I want to return your car to you. Now, how about this? He said, I want to return your car to you. And he said, uh, for obvious reasons, I can't tell you who I am and where I live, but I want to tell you where you'll find your car. And he said, however, you may not recognize it because I finished the restoration for you. And when the man went over to where the car was, sure enough, the car was completed and the man had, had done this restoration for him. He said, Brother Jerry, I figured it all up of what this man must have put into that car and it had to be a sevenfold restoration, praise God. Now, I know a lot of people will say, I don't believe that. Well, you'd have to ask him because he's the one that wrote the letter. That letter's probably in our archives somewhere and I told the story for years about how that this man's car was restored to him. I know it seems far-fetched, but listen, God is famous for doing far-fetched things, Amen. things that people think cannot be done. You need to maintain a joyful attitude no matter what the devil is trying to do in your life. It's scriptural. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 34, which we've talked about on the previous three broadcasts. He said, you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. In other words, even though things were being taken from these people, they made up their minds it was not going to steal their joy. James tells us in James chapter 1, we've also talked about this on the previous broadcast, that whenever we experience a test or a trial, that we are to consider it all joy. In other words, stay joyful. Don't let this test or trial rob you of your joy. If you will maintain your joy, then God will make it up to you with a potential sevenfold restoration. And then we found in Proverbs chapter 6, it says, if you catch a thief, make him recompense. That's restore. Sevenfold. Hallelujah. And then we found in Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 11, that if you will offer the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of joy, even when you don't feel like it, stay joyful, stay thankful. The apostle Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Then Jeremiah 33, 11, God promises that he will restore to you what has been taken. Now, let me introduce you to a scripture we haven't talked about so far. And it is found in the book of Habakkuk or Habakkuk, however you want to pronounce it. We're probably both wrong. But anyway, <laughs> when we get to heaven, we'll ask this man, how do you pronounce your name? But in Habakkuk or Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17. Now listen to this powerful scripture. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail and the field shall yield no meat. The flocks shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Now you could write right underneath that verse, this man is having a bad day. Wouldn't you agree? Nothing's working for him. If there's anybody who has a right to lose their joy, this guy does. Notice what it says. His fig tree won't blossom. There's no fruit on his vines. 
the olive has failed. There's, the fields are yielding no, no produce or no meat. The flocks have been cut off from the herd or from the fold, and there is no herd in the stalls. In other words, he's saying, there's not one positive thing working in my life today. But look at verse 18. Yet, in spite of all this, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. My, my, my. This is the sign of a spiritual adult. When you can say, no matter what's going on around me, no matter how many negative things are taking place, no matter how much pressure I'm under, and no matter how many attacks the devil has brought, I am going to rejoice in the Lord anyway, and I'm going to joy in the God of my salvation. I promise you, because God promises you, you are headed for a major breakthrough. God is not going to allow the devil to get away with this. Amen. He has no right to steal your herd. He has no right to mess with your, with your flocks. He has no right to touch your olive trees. He has no right to, uh, to steal anything that belongs to you. If he does, then God promises that if you will maintain an attitude of joy and stay positive and a positive outlook that somehow, someway, God will see you through, then God promises I will restore to you everything Satan has taken from you. Isn't that a great promise? I think you ought to give the Lord a good shout over that. Praise God. Amen. He goes on to say, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my hands feet, uh, feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon my high places. In other words, this man is saying, Satan, you take whatever you think you're big enough to take, but you'll never get my joy. And not only that, you're going to wind up having to pay me back everything you've stolen. How many of you could say in this studio this morning that you've had some things stolen from you? Anybody had finances stolen from them? Anybody had, you know, goods, material goods stolen from you? I know people that, you know, Satan has stolen their house, stolen their car, you know, taken their children back into, you know, perversion and all that. Don't just sit there and let it happen. There is something you can do about this. Amen. God doesn't expect us to just sit back and say, if it be thy will, God, let him have it all. No, he expects us to stay joyful, stay positive, take the word of God, fight a good fight of faith, and dare to believe for total restoration. Amen. Amen. And God will do it. Now, there is a power in joy that few Christians have ever discovered. I like to say it this way. We know how important faith is. Everybody know how important faith is? It's faith that moves mountains. It's faith that overcomes the world. But did you ever notice the Bible says, don't cast away your faith? The Bible talks about unwavering faith. You know what that says to me? That sometimes your faith can get a little shaky. Amen. Even though it's capable of removing mountains, and, and overcoming the world, occasionally it becomes a little shaky. Joy coupled together with your faith keeps your faith from becoming shakable. Amen. Amen. And you see, people of faith are also people of joy. When a person comes around me and says, I'm just trusting God. 
Oh, yes, living by faith. No, no. They're not trusting God and they're not living by faith. Their attitude reveals that. Because people of faith, real Bible faith, are also people of joy. And their joy is what supports or undergirds their faith. Now, Jesus made this statement in the 16th chapter of John, verse 33. In the world, you will have tribulation. Everybody here still in the world? So notice he said, as long as you're in the world, you will have tribulation. But, everybody shout but. But. See, you can't stop reading after you shall have tribulation because if you stop reading, then you're not going to identify with what Jesus wants you to identify with. In the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Now, wouldn't you agree with me that being of good cheer sounds like maintain a joyful attitude? Folks, this is all over the Bible. It's all over the Bible. The, the, the importance of a joyful attitude. And here he says that even though while you're in the world, you will have tribulation, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Now, I, along with many of my colleagues who preach the word of faith, have been accused by many people over the years of telling people that if you live by faith and if you develop your faith really, really strong, you will never come under attack again. I have never preached that and none of my colleagues have because first of all, it's not true because we just read Jesus himself said, as long as we're in the world, we will be faced with adversity and, and, and it's certainly not true. And then secondly, what, what they didn't hear us preach was this, live by faith, welcome to trouble. Isn't that true? I mean, you live by faith and it seems like trouble goes down the same road. But at the same time, if you truly live by faith, you just look behind that trouble and you'll find victory right on your heels. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Trouble follows faith, but victory follows faith as well. So I've never preached that if you have faith, you'll never have another problem. You will have problems. You will have tribulation. You will have tests. You will have trials. Jesus said it. Paul said it. James said it. You know, and the, the, the difference is, is the Christians who just take that and don't read the rest of it. And so they think tests and trials and tribulations is our lot in life and there's not a thing we can do about it. That's not true. There is something we can do about it. We can read the rest of what he said. You know, he didn't say, in the world you shall have tribulation. I'm so glad I'm up here. You own your own now, folks. <laughs> no, he said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. What is that? Maintain this joyful attitude. Why? I like to say, it's never over until God says it's over, and God never says it's over until we win. Amen. Why would I want to quit when God has promised me a victory? Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. No weapon formed against you. He didn't say weapons wouldn't be formed. He said, no weapon that is formed will prosper. It won't succeed. Hallelujah. So to be of good cheer literally means to remain joyful, to stay encouraged, 
to stay strong in your faith. The New International Version says, take heart. The Amplified Bible says, take courage, be confident, certain, and undaunted. Undaunted means resolute and unshaken. Now that's the way the believer approaches, the true believer approaches every adversity. They're resolute, they're unshaken, they're confident, they're certain that somehow, some way, God is going to see them through. In other words, they're just determined that quit is not an option. They won't allow themselves to become distracted by the attacks. They keep their eyes on the Word, keep their eyes on Jesus, and, and giving in is just not acceptable. Can you say amen? amen? I love what the latter part of that verse says in the Amplified Bible, John 16, 33. It says, I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you. Yes. I love that. I have deprived it of power to harm you. The first time I read that Amplified Version, I just stood up and lifted up my hands and I shouted, failure and defeat are not in my future. Amen. Say that with me. Failure. Failure Say it again. Amen. If Jesus has deprived it of its right to harm us, then that says failure and defeat are not in our future. But once again, if that's the way your life is going to be, it'll be because you are a doer of the word and you've maintained your joy. You're cheerful and joyful and unwavering, undaunted, even in the midst of the worst attacks. See, this is what Paul was talking about when he said in Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing. The Amplified Bible says, and let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint. Don't lose heart. Don't grow weary and don't faint. People who give up and give in to tests and trials very seldom experience God's best in their life. God wants you to live in total victory, but you do have a part to play. Let your neighbor say, you have a part to play. Amen. Being of good cheer takes practice. Amen. It takes practice. You know, uh, if you want to look like the incredible Hulk, then you have to train. You have to be disciplined. You know, I had a friend who was a former Mr. Universe who came here and traveled with me and I was his mentor. And while I'm mentoring him in the word, he's wanting to train me physically, you know, get me in shape. Can you tell I didn't listen? <laughs> oh, I'm in good shape for my age uh, and, you know, and I'm healthy, but I certainly don't look like Mr. Universe, you know. I mean, he even gave me pictures of him that I hung up in my gym of when he was competing. It was inspiring. I'd walk in there looking at it and say, I wish I looked like that. Oh, I wish I looked like that. I wish I looked like that. I want some ice cream. You know, <laughs> you don't look like that by being undisciplined. Amen. And, and you don't get to the place in your life where you maintain your joy in adversity if you don't practice some discipline. And I know most Christians don't like the word discipline. Most Christians, the word discipline sounds like bondage, brother. That's bondage. No, that's the way you become a winner. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you will be my disciples indeed, 
and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. What is a true disciple? Is it somebody who just goes to church every Sunday? No, a true disciple is a disciplined one. That's what a true disciple is. Someone who has disciplined themselves with the teachings of the Bible. Hallelujah. And so if you discipline yourself, then you can get to the place where attacks and adversity is like water running off a duck's back. It just does not affect your attitude at all. You just look at it as another opportunity to prove that Jesus is Lord, God is still on His throne, and the Word of God works. Amen? Amen. Now, I realize to a lot of people, some of you watching, that sounds so foreign that you could possibly get that way. But folks, I'm telling you, if I could get that way, you can get that way. Amen. Because I was not the most disciplined person you ever met before I began learning these things. I got disciplined doing these things. And you can do it too. So notice once again, throughout the Bible, it seems that we are to maintain this joyful attitude even in the midst of our attacks. And if we will, then there is a promised restoration of whatever has been stolen from you. How many of you want everything back that's been stolen from you? Amen. And how about the possibility of sevenfold? Doesn't that sound good? You know what I did when God taught, first taught me this back in 1982? I just made a list of everything that I could think of right then that Satan had stolen from me. And I, I'd, I'd look at that list every morning. I'd say, Satan, according to what I've discovered from God's Word, you're going to pay me back. Minimum twicefold, possibly sevenfold. And do you know over a period of time, it didn't happen all in one night, one week, one month, or even one year, but over a period of time, everything I had on that list, God restored. Many of them sevenfold. Amen. See, I take this seriously. I'm not playing church. I take this seriously. You know, if I'm entitled to that as a child of God, then I don't know about you, but my attitude is, if God didn't want me to have this, He shouldn't have put it in my copy of the book. Because once I find it, I'm going for it. How about you? Amen. Amen. Say it with me. If Satan can't steal my joy, joy, he can't keep my goods. goods. And that's the message to you watching this program today, right there in your home. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. I pray that this will become a revelation to you and that you will begin to see God's promise of restoration come to pass in your life. I'll be back in just a few moments. Stay tuned. feel discouraged? Has your joy been left along the wayside? Be of good cheer. Jerry Savelle's book, If Satan Can't Steal Your Joy, He Can't Keep Your Goods, outlines powerful truths that will help you find your joy and walk in victory. Learn how God's Word produces joy and how and why Satan wants to steal it. Laugh more and cry less. It's time to turn the tables on the enemy. When you request your copy today, you'll also receive the CD series, Win or Lose by Your Attitude. Your attitude is an outward expression of your inner self. Your attitude will cause you to fail or succeed in every area of your life. And God wants to give you a positive, hopeful attitude, no matter what's happening around you. In this series, Jerry Savelle motivates you to press beyond your previous breaking point and outlast any circumstance with a great attitude. A good attitude is the tool that causes winners to succeed every time. Call now or visit us at jerrysavelle.org to request this joyful combo. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. And win or lose by your attitude. Don't wait. Be joyful today. 
What a joy has been sharing with you over the last four weeks, talking about if Satan can't steal your joy, can't keep your goods. I'm praying that this will become a revelation to you because I know how life-changing it can be. Also, this is our last time to offer these products entitled, If Satan Can't Steal Your Joy, Can't Keep Your Goods, the book, and then also three CDs on win or lose by your attitude. Powerful, powerful revelations that I know once you get them in your home and you begin to study them, that's important you study them. They make lousy doorstops. Uh, they, don't, they don't really impress a whole lot of people coming to your house with them just being on the shelf. And, you know, they don't help anybody stuck in a drawer somewhere. You're going to have to study them. And as you study them and listen to this mes- these messages over and over, I'm telling you, you're going to be illuminated with revelation that is going to change your life forever. So if you want to get this special offer, the information for ordering is on the screen right now. You can uh, go online, you can call our office, or you can write to the address that's on the screen. Be sure and do it right now while it's fresh in your thinking so that we can get them to you and you can begin this study. I want to pray for all of you and as well as our audience here and believe God with you. If you've had anything stolen from you, and I know you have, then I want to believe God with you right now for restoration. Our God is a God of restoration. He does not intend for us to just sit back and take what the devil does and not put up a fight. You know, if somebody came into your house, you know, total stranger came into your house, took your television set, took your microwave, took your jewelry, took everything they could and just walked out, loaded it in their truck and drove off. Are you going to stand there and say, uh, good to see you. When will you be back? No. If, if you're smart, you're going to put up a fight, you know, of some kind. If nothing else, call 911 and report it. Hopefully the authorities will get there before they leave the premises and you get your stuff back. Nobody who's had something stolen from them who's in their right mind just says, well, you know, it must have been the will of God. No, if God gave it to you, why would he want somebody else to come steal it? Why would he allow the devil to come steal it? It's not God's will that what he blesses you with, the devil come in and just walk off with it. So let's believe God for restoration right now. You want to do that? Let's believe God. And I'm expecting testimonies from this, from people in this audience, from people that are watching, wherever you might be, praise God. So let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, I pray over everyone watching this broadcast today, wherever they might be, including this television audience that are here in my studio. And I believe, Father, your word, your word is forever settled in heaven. And you promise that if we catch a thief, that we can make him recompense sevenfold. So, Father, we know Satan is a thief and we command him in Jesus' name, pay back everything you've stolen sevenfold in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for it. We stand on your word, Jeremiah 33, 11, that if we will offer the sacrifice of joy in the midst of our adversity, God will restore. I need for you to offer the sacrifice of joy right now. Everybody in here, just be joyful in the Lord. Offer him praise. You at home do it. Come on, lift your hands and praise the Lord. 
and do it in spite of what you're going through and watch God bring restoration into your life. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again with a brand new series of lessons beginning next week.